good evening or good morning or I hope you're having a good whatever time of day it is. This is episode two of Kushti Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. And if you listen to episode one and you're here, thank you for listening. And I got a lot of support and a lot of positive feedback on the last episode, which has made me really happy. Like, you don't know how much this means to me. So, thank you. And one of you asked a question, which I'm going to answer in this episode. I also want to touch on a few topics, including journaling and talking a little bit about complex PTSD, yoga, the list goes on. So if that interests you, then stick around. And if you want to know more about this podcast, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but briefly, we just support those with mental illness in any way we can by maybe sharing skills or personal experiences or signposting to different organisations and if you want more then you can go to kushti.org and there's plenty of blog posts and other information and helplines on there as well. So yeah that's enough of that and let's carry on. Firstly I just wanted to take a moment and check in with you guys and make sure that you're all cushy, you're relaxed, somewhere comfy if you can be. And just, I'm just going to ask one simple question. I want you to notice how you're feeling. So take a moment and just notice. Are you breathing heavily? Are you short of breath? Are your shoulders up by your ears? Is your tongue at the top of your mouth? Is your jaw clenched? Are your feet moving? What can you feel? And I don't want you to be judging or trying to change any of that. I just want you to notice. Okay? Right. Now at the end of this episode, I'm going to ask you the same question. And I just want to see if anyone notices a change in how they feel from listening to this, basically. Now, me personally, I'm actually doing pretty good today. Just made a nice hot drink and the sun is shining and I'm just ready to discuss a lot of different topics with you. And one of them is quite personal and I want to I wanna share it. I, can't, I don't think I can hold it in. I'm really proud of myself for this and I want to share it. So sorry if you don't care about me. By the way, my name's Erin. I don't know if I already said that. But yeah, my name's Erin, also known as Erin Louise on YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. But I'm really proud of myself because, drumroll, I am three years clean of self-harm. And I don't want to get emotional, but I'm really proud of myself as I never thought that would happen. I have self-harmed since I was about 12 I want to say and these past three years have been the longest I've gone without it since that age so it's a big deal for me and I couldn't have done it without support which I just want to say to all of you I had intensive DBT which is dialectical behavior therapy as a teenager and I have had some EMDR and 
yeah, lots of supportive friends and family have come into my life to support me. And I couldn't have done it without each individual person, each individual therapy. I need all of it for it to work. It's like a big machine. If one cog's wrong, it's not going to work. But with all the cogs working together, it's beautiful. So, yeah, I'm proud of myself. And it's okay to be proud of ourselves. I know that, especially in the UK, we seem to have a problem with talking about ourselves and being kind of kind to ourselves in a way. We're very self-deprecating and taking the piss out of ourselves all the time and never acknowledging our achievements. So I think it's important to acknowledge that. And if I'm going to boast about something, this is the thing I'm going to boast about because this has been one hard journey, which I just want to clarify is recovery is not easy. No, 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 no. No, recovery is one of the hardest things you will do, but it's not to put you off. Um, It's just, it's hard. And living with mental illness is hard all round, but it being hard in recovery is a different kind. It's one with an end, a satisfying, happy ending. Whereas life not in recovery isn't, it's not going to end well. That's all I'm saying. Um... And if you want me to discuss some more about my journey, personal experience, um, then let me know. For now, I'm not going to dive too into it. But I did want to talk about some skills and some practical advice of how to overcome those urges to self-harm or maybe there are other behaviours that you don't want to engage in. So I made a list on Christie's Instagram of some self-harm alternatives. So if you'd like to check that out, a few things that I've put on there, for example, is have a shower. That always helps, just to do some basic self-care. Or more creative things, like colouring, drawing how you feel. Um, And then other things such as putting on a comforting film. Maybe you put on a podcast. Maybe you listen to music that you know lifts you. There's loads of different alternatives that out there. Self-harm is never the answer. But a more practical therapeutic-based skill that has really helped me is pros and cons. Now, this comes from the distress tolerance handouts in my DBT folder, which is dialectical behaviour therapy. And... Distress tolerance is all about tolerating the distressing emotions and dealing with it in the in in the moment. So crisis survival skills in a way. And you have to use the pros and cons to decide between two courses of action. So in this example, it's an urge. So you have an urge in a crisis, it's strong and acting on the urge will it make things worse or not, is the question you've got to ask yourself. Now, I will answer it for you quickly. It will always make it worse long-term, acting on an urge. But anyway, for this practice, make a list of the pros and cons of acting on your crisis urges. These might be to engage in dangerous, addictive or harmful behaviours, or it might be to give in, give up or avoid doing what is necessary to build a life you want to live. So write a little pro in one column 
write cons in your second column and put in the pros any pros of acting on the urge and then in cons any of the cons of acting on impulsive urges and just weigh out and see it on paper what you should do now for example I'll make an example so the pro could be I don't have to think for a moment maybe something you do takes you out of your head for a moment so that would be the pro the pro the con is harmful to yourself it's going to hurt other people who care about you it's going to take a lot of time and effort from many different people to sort you out with the situation maybe um just weigh up all the cons and the pros and then weigh up the pros and cons of not acting on the crisis as well so not acting on the urge what would the pros be okay i think the pro of not acting on it would i feel good about myself i feel proud of myself that'd be a pro the con would be maybe the emotion is still intense and then you just weigh it up you gotta weigh it up and carry that with you and rehearse your pros and cons over and over so if you can go over pros and cons before engaging in any addictive negative behaviors urges whatever you want to call it that is really helpful and that's helped me a lot that little skill so that was the little skill section of um this episode And yeah, I'm celebrating three years clean. It's also important to remember that if you do slip up, that doesn't take away all your hard work and achievement to up to your point. Um, Yes, it can be disappointing and upsetting, but you're not going back to the beginning. Um, Recovery is not linear and relapse doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means recovery is hard and you can get up and try again and it's all cushy, all right? So I know I used to get a bit jealous and upset and angry at myself when I heard about other people being clean and I couldn't, but you can. I'm telling you today, you can, you can do it, I promise. Um, And other positive things from my week, I've got back into journaling, which I've discovered probably a couple years ago um but only got back into it recently and there's a couple of different types of journaling there's like freeform journaling where you just write your streams of thoughts just blurt it all out on the paper then there's also bullet journaling and kind of scrapbooking kind of making things look pretty kind of journaling then you've got self-guided kind of journaling guided journaling I mean sorry um so like gratitude journals um resilience journals with prompts and asking you to list things you're grateful for in your life people you're grateful for and it's just a really therapeutic time for yourself journaling what I like to do is have a little routine about when I journal or where I journal so I get comfortable I get a hot drink I I curl up on the sofa, I get my journal out 
and that's just a bit of me time where I write about how I'm feeling or maybe I write about something I'm worried about or whatever comes to mind at the time and if you would like some journal prompts I can even create one every week if that's something you'd be interested in but getting your thoughts out on the paper gets it out of your head stops you ruminating and also if you carefully tag each post then you can go back and discover what your triggers are you can discover things about yourself that is really hard to unpick when you're living day to day and not noticing anything but if you're noticing just even a little section every day I'm telling you you're gonna get results you're gonna find out things about yourself that you didn't know (laughs) so if you could tag it each post with maybe your mood on a scale of one to ten or maybe you want to do red orange and green I don't know um for how you're feeling and also maybe put the weather the time whether you've eaten or not and you'll just notice that oh okay in these posts where I'm being really negative I hadn't eaten or maybe you'll notice oh I was really positive that day because the sun was out you know so tagging your journal entries can also be really really helpful and your journal doesn't have to be pretty it can be messy crazy scribbles doodles whatever you want but expressing yourself is the best way to like get rid of those emotions that just seem to linger those thoughts that linger um it's a great way just to get it out all on paper there are also so many journaling apps if you're not into pen and paper you can download journals such as I know there's Dailyo, um, there's Mood Notes, there's eMoods, there's plenty of journaling kind of photo based, maybe stats questionnaire based or CBT based. There's lots of different mood tracking and journaling apps out there. I've just mentioned three and yeah just have a Google find what suits you and let me know if you decide to start journaling as I've really been enjoying it. I have a little moleskin journal with half the pages blank and half the pages lined so I like to draw and stick things in on one page and then write on the rest. So that's my little journaling setup and yeah let me know if you get journaling. Now, before I answer the question that I received this week, I just wanted to mention a little book recommendation. And this is Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. Now, if you have complex PTSD, this is a must-have. I can't stress that enough. It really is like a practical guide on how to deal with complex PTSD. Now, I've read the whole thing. That's what I've been doing. And it starts off with the journey of recovering, the definitions, examples, talks about emotional flashbacks, toxic shame, the origins, and the four Fs. So fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Um, And family, parenting, cognitive healing, shrinking the inner critic, emotional healing, um, 
Mindfulness is also in there. We love a bit of mindfulness. And also recovering the emotional nature and emotional intelligence and grieving. As in a way we are grieving a part of our childhood um, that we didn't get basically because most people with complex PTSD um, stems from childhood trauma um, as it is a repeated trauma over a longer period of time and it affects the way our brains and develop basically so it's a bit different to PTSD if you would like me to discuss more about complex PTSD then I will but I just wanted to mention this book and give it a little give it a little shout out give it some love and at the back of this book I also love that it has self-help tools like really practical self-help tools so the one that I like the most is um toolbox number three which suggests internal responses to common critique attacks so the attacks of the critic often operates below the radar of self-awareness unless we can identify them we are at their mercy and helplessness to deconstruct them so basically we're not aware of all of these things and the moment we become aware is the moment that we can challenge them and there's certain techniques called thought stopping and thought substitution which are powerful tools in short-circuiting the critic so there are two categories of attacks there's the perfectionism attacks fueled by toxic shame um, which creates chronic self-hate and then there's the endangerment attacks, which is fueled by fear and creates chronic hypervigilance and anxiety. I'd love to read you the whole book, but I'm basically saying if you have complex PTSD and you haven't read From Surviving to Thriving, I would highly recommend it. Um, I gave it a four or five stars, I'm pretty sure, on my Goodreads. And yeah, that's the book recommendation of the week. And music, if you're feeling something that you need to lift you up a bit, well, the intro to this episode was Green Tea Peng's uh, Mr. Sun. Great track. And you can listen to that if you fancy. Now it's time to answer the question that I received this week. As I put post up on Kushji's Instagram asking for questions and... I asked people to ask me questions in the last episode, but I know not everyone wants to comment publicly. Um, So I just wanted to remind you guys that you can email me at kushtipodcast at gmail.com or you can write a message in kushti.org contact page and I will be able to see that too. So if you don't want to ask a question publicly, you can also do that. And today's question is a really good one. And one that I'm going to struggle to answer because I kind of ask it myself. The question is, what should and shouldn't we expect from our partner in terms of support? Now, firstly, I want to say you should expect nothing but respect from your partner. So if your partner is really disrespectful and talks down to you, is gaslighting and being in a way emotionally abusive or abusive 
then you don't you don't need to be with that person. They're not going to support you in recovery. So I just want to get it out there that you shouldn't tolerate anything just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you deserve that. So if your partner is really unsupportive, maybe it's time to go your separate ways. Um, and maybe if you want to recover, you need to do this on your own. That is something I want to just say that you you shouldn't you should never expect um, disrespect and abuse. But what should we expect? So what should be up there as things that we should expect? Well, firstly, I always like to ask the question, can my partner almost cope with my emotions and my mental illness? And does he understand or she understand? Um, Do they have the capability to understand and be able to support? That's a question we've got to ask because there's no point being with someone and expecting them to support you if you know they don't have the capability of even doing that. So some people just don't understand. They can't wrap their heads around it and they don't have the time to do it. So maybe your partner works a lot, stressful job, and maybe they're just not capable of being able to support you. And that's a harder realisation, but you've just got to realise whether your other person, if you're putting too much high expectations on how someone else performs, um, you've got to ask yourself, are they capable? And if they are capable, then you can communicate, which is the key, communication with any relationship. You can communicate to them and ask them how they're doing and whether they are able to listen. As I think before we just blurt out all our feelings and problems to our partner, we have to ask them, are you doing okay today? Like, is it okay for me to share? Which I think is really important, is communicating and make and there being no miscommunication. Um, that is really important. And trust and boundaries, boundaries. So there's certain things I might not share with my partner and might save for maybe therapy or maybe talking with another friend. A problem shared is a problem halved as far as I'm concerned. So I would never look down on someone for wanting to share anything to do with their mental illness with their partner. That's healthy. That is healthy to express how you're feeling but it's not healthy to always go on about your feelings and never ask the other person how they're doing. Never ask them if they're all right today with all the negative emotions you might want to get out. And try journaling first, maybe, before speaking about it. Maybe you can write about it first. Uh, Maybe you can call a friend. Um, Especially if you're... I know a lot of people are in lockdown with a partner... And it's quite intense if you can't see anyone else but your partner and apart from going to the shop or to get your meds or whatever, it can be hard because you may not be having therapy like me. I haven't got therapy at the moment. So yeah, I think boundaries is one. So, But you've got to communicate and and decide on these boundaries with your partner. So have an honest conversation and be like, look, Am I affecting you in a bad way at the moment? Or, look, do you get uncomfortable when I talk about certain things? 
and just see what their response is and come up with boundaries and yeah communicate communicate guys um there's no point hiding anything and we need to trust each other and trust our partners and hopefully they will support us back and we can get better that one of the real motivators for me in recovery is to get better so I can support other people better so yeah I think I've answered that question if any of you guys have any advice for this person maybe leave a comment or if you're on SoundCloud or YouTube or something and if you're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts hello and thank you for listening that this has been Kushti podcast and I think that's everything I wanted to talk about today and if you have any questions send them my way and I hope you all are feeling a lot better or maybe feeling a bit better or feeling the same whatever you're feeling I'm here for you there's people out there here for you and yeah I hope you're well I will talk to you next week bye